In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the And welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, all the way across from the pond, the ghost finder general himself, the most haunted Richard Felix. Good evening or good afternoon. How are you? You know, I always hold my breath because I never know if you're there or not. <laughs> You should always start by saying, is there anybody there? Is there anybody there? Like and if that? you get a... Yes, and tap twice if you're there and tap once if you're not there. Oh, no, that wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a good idea, though. I think it's a very good... From now on, from now on, every time, I shall do that. I shall tap twice if I'm there. If you hear nothing, you'll know I'm not there. I'm elsewhere. I'm in visitation. Visitation. <laughs> Any good ghost stories for me? Well, one of these days you'll have to do the show by astral projection. Or maybe we'll both do it. Oh, now listen, that would be quite something. And, and I believe it is possible. Uh, yeah, uh, why, shall we do it? I mean, David Wells, of course, is, is, is quite, uh, quite up into that sort of thing, astral projections and that sort of stuff. Uh, really? Perhaps we better have a word with him and see what we can do about it. Really? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes, now, first time ever. On, on Ghost Chronicles. Hey, two presenters doing it via astral projection. You could come over here and I could come over there. There you go. Or we could, <laughs> oh, we could meet, we could meet halfway. Yeah, meet halfway across the Atlantic. And we could go to Australia. Yeah, we, I'd like to. I, I tell you what, very quickly, um, very, you know, you know how I, I, we, we disagree about um, uh, <laughs> uh, English-speaking people Ghosts being an English uh, thing. Uh, I, I was talking to a, a chap who was a paranormal investigator uh, in Australia um, not long ago, actually. And he told me that all the ghost stories, and you may be able to contradict this, but mo- well, most of the ghost stories only originated in Australia after the British colonized it. You know why? Go on. Because the Aborigines believe in ghosts or spirits, and they're just so common day to them, there's not a big deal. They don't even talk about it. It's like, you know, hey, I, I went hey, to the hey, town hey. store to get a loaf of bread, you know? Do you know something? You, you could actually, you really could have hit, hit the nail on the head there. That, yeah. I mean, have you got any Australian Aboriginal ghost stories in your, in your new book? 
I don't I don't believe we have Aboriginal. I do believe we have the English speaking. Just you know, I was thinking about that yeah, when well, we were right. However, you proved you did, it. You proved it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, there's 365 stories and I can't remember them all, but, um, no, if, of course you, you, <laughs> if no, you, I, uh, I, I, I know full well, obviously that, that there are, you know, every culture has, has spirits, and, but it's, it's the, the actual ghost story that seems to, to be something that's peculiar to us. Right. And exactly. you. And the Australian. You hit that on the nail by it saying it is the ghost story, because I, I do yeah, believe that's, right. that's what it is. It's yeah, all yeah, about the ghost than, story. Yeah, every culture and every religion, of course, has its its beliefs in the afterlife in in a different sort of way. But we, you know, it's different. In fact, it's the scary ghost story that's probably particular to us, is it? Oh yeah, yeah. We don't want something just like you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. You, you know, it's I, I understand that you, you've got something you've been doing, like something mm-hmm. TV or something. Yes, I have. Yeah, I did. Um, I was away uh, last week doing a uh, a pilot uh, for a new TV program. Oh, buddy! Um, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> but guess what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually, I actually, I don't know how I did that because I actually stayed up two nights um, without almost without any sleep at all. Um, and at our age, Ronald, <laughs> it's not it's not that easy, is it? And I was always. Quite well known on Most Haunted, you know, for actually being filmed asleep <laughs> well, uh, more than once. Oh, yeah, more than once I actually uh, uh, nodded off when doing vigils and things. But uh, I actually, <laughs> because this was so exciting. I, I tell you what, I mean, I can sleep anywhere, um, mm-hmm. literally. I actually have a photograph of me in the officer's mess uh, when I was a soldier many, many years ago with my red, my red coat on, my, my, my mess kit on, with a gin and tonic in my hand, standing up, fast asleep. Oh my God! Like a horse. You know what's funny Honestly. is, you know what's funny is Karen O'Keefe is coming over here in August to do some events. Yeah. And one of the things she's doing is all about this uh, outtakes of uh, from most haunted and stuff. Uh, so I wonder if you sleeping made it. I wouldn't be surprised. I will have to the, go back to the, you. The, well, this. Hey, yeah, good. I mean, there's even there's even one of me actually snoring. You know. Oh really my God. Quite. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So there may well be something like that. That would be... Uh, yeah, you must let me know. You must let me know afterwards. Yeah, but, I will uh, be put yeah. back. Yes, thank you so much. So anyway, two, two nights sleep deprivation and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. I've been filming uh, for a pilot that... Um, but what I can't do is tell anybody about it at all. Because Good I'm job. sworn to secrecy. I have... Uh, I'm not allowed to talk to anybody about what it is because it's so exciting. And... Um, mm, I don't want any. We don't want anybody pinching the idea. You see, okay. stealing the idea. Right, it happens. Right. So uh, yeah. So it's uh, we we shot most of it, not all of it, uh, but most of it uh, two days, two days last week um, in England, um, and it's exciting. And I'm terribly excited. That's all I can say. I can't say anymore. I can't tell you. But, so uh, what should watch I use space, my folks? Should I use my mind powers and like pull it out of your brain? Yeah, go on. Yeah. You, what would you do if I did, Richard? What would you do? Well, I'd, I would I would be absolutely fascinated for a start. And secondly, I would deny it and say, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you then you, would, right, then you would be sued because they would believe that you told me because I yeah. possibly couldn't have pulled it out of your brain. Hey, that's that's 
Very true, actually. I could have serious problems. Don't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you've got to watch this space, and, and um, you know, I'm very excited about the whole damn thing. So, uh, okay. um, we'll see what happens. Okay. Now, I mean, oh, we got a great show later on in the show. We're going to talk about uh, screaming skulls, right? Yes, indeed. One of my pet pet subjects, my uh, loves of my life, are, are, are screaming skulls. Yes. Uh, and in fact, if you can, if you can prime people now, because I again, I, I believe that screaming skulls are peculiar to almost to England, not not Britain or or the UK or, uh-huh. or but England itself. Um, I, actually, I actually have a couple of screaming skulls in my new book that's coming out, Ghost Today, in uh, September. And I'm, I'm trying to think of it if they were both English or not. I ought to go back and research that. Yeah, well, I think you'll find they will be, but we'll, I'll mention one or two later. See if see if they ring a bell with you, uh, because I, I do believe it to be an English thing. Um, not not almost nothing in Scotland, um, Ireland. But you know, folks, if you're out there and you're listening, and, and anybody knows uh, any more stories uh, about screaming skulls, um, let me know. Let us know. Give us a ring. Right. Do I smell a book coming up? Well, yeah. I, I, I've 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 there's a, there's a little bit in me. Uh, what is a ghost book? Just uh, just touching on it, uh, but yeah, there is a book in it, Ron. Uh, but not only that, but there's also a, a you know some, a couple of DVDs or something in it as well because it's oh really it's a very yeah fascinating subject. Uh, and again, I want more information. If anybody anybody's out there, let us know tonight. Ooh. Tonight. Tonight. Ooh, yeah. interesting. Get them to ring in or or email us. In a little bit, we're going to talk about something that's really weird, uh, for me even. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's what's going on in 2012. So, I, oh this, god, I don't. Know. I have I've been told things uh, really about from the screaming skulls. Mm. Say again from the screaming skulls. No, 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 no. From actually a live a live person that. Um, Spends quite a lot of time, funnily enough, in America. Uh, Englishman, no, uh, yeah, a Scotsman who who lives in Cornwall, which is right down on the southeast, southwest uh, peninsula, but but has a house in America. Uh, but I, I'll wait and see what 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 we what we're going to hear later. Uh, but yeah, I have various theories about 2012, as I'm sure you do, don't you? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean. You know, we deal with the paranormal, and you and I, I, I think we mostly concentrate on ghosts, but there's so much more yes. to the paranormal than just ghosts and hauntings. There is. There is. That's the whole point. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's it's all to do with, you know, the universe and beyond the universe, isn't it? And what's going on out there and beyond beyond the beyond and, and beyond it. What's beyond infinity? Oh, here we go. Yeah. yeah. I actually, we actually have a comment in the, in the chat room that says, I'm screaming that nothing of significance will happen in 2012 other than Obama getting the boot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? I don't really? know where that came from. Uh, not at all. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. I mean, I'm sure it was. I mean, I remember as a child, I don't know whether um, you, you, you had similar, I had terrible fears uh, of, of the world ending. Um, really? Because there used to always used to be something every so many years on the on the news on the news in those days 
uh, about, you know, the, in such and such a date, on such and such a day or something, um, the world is going to come to an end. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, have, to, we'll the, have to talk that a, bit, a little bit after the break, but right now we have a guest on, and so why don't we bring her on the air? Great stuff. And uh, our very special guest is Carol Peterson from the Circles of Wisdom in Andover, Mass. Uh, Carol, you there? Yes, I am, Ron. How are you? All right. So Richard and I were trying to sort out this 2012 thingy that's going on. You you, you mm-hmm. actually have some type of event at, at Circles that I'm not quite sure. Why don't, why don't you explain it a little bit? Sure. We're, we're actually co-sponsoring an event with uh, Divine Healing. It's going to be um, up at the... Uh, and for those who don't know what Divine Healing is, it's Elizabeth Foley, the yes. angelologist's uh, organization. And this is coming up on um, Saturday, July 10th, but it's called the Awaken Seminar, Taking the Next Step into Higher Consciousness with Dolores Cannon and Blair Styra. And what they're going to be talking about, we're, we're very excited. We've never hosted either one of them before. Um, and hey, one, by the way, is Australian, Richard. Oh, really? There you go. That's right. Blair uh, Styra is very well known in, uh, in Australia and New Zealand. Right. And uh, he channels a spiritual entity called Tibash. And Dolores Cannon, uh, she has been involved with hypnosis since 1968, and she does a lot of uh, regression hypnosis, taking the people uh, to past lives and things like that. Oh, Um, boy. I'm fascinated by that. I want to be regressed. (laughs) You know I I don't believe that, you know, Richard. Do you not? Of course not. Oh dear. I, I, I do. I, I think we all have uh, some lives, but I just want to know what makes me tick, and I just love, yeah. I'd love someone to do it to. My me. wife has really been trying to figure that out for years. What makes me? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we so rudely interrupted you, Carol. Uh, Sorry. So the, the, these two people, an Australian medium who trans, who trans mediums, or not trans medium, who uh, uh, channels uh, Tabash, and a woman who deals with past regression, have banded together. Yes, it sounds like a, an interesting combination, doesn't it? It does. So, and so what, what, can people, uh, what can people get out of this seminar? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure. It's, it's all about 2012 and, and the New World Order or something. I, I'm not quite sure. Right, a New Earth. So it's, it's this whole concept that... Um, and the, the Mayans kind of saw this coming and, and predicted big changes in 2012. And, and it's all about the shift that's going on with the Earth and ourselves and everything on the Earth, um, moving into a, a new dimension and a, a higher vibration. And, you know, sometimes changes can be scary, but they're, uh, they're going to be setting the stage and... Uh, discussing some of the upcoming Earth changes and shifts in consciousness uh, in both the external world and uh, internally in our spiritual lives as well, and how to prepare for those changes. Because again, you know, change can be scary. A lot of people don't like don't like change, and so this should be helpful to give people again an, an idea of some of the things that that may be unfolding in the next few years. So wow. it's kind of like getting ready for the arc. I think. What do you think, Richard? I don't know. Oh, God, I haven't. Well, I mean, no, sounding 
that didn't sound as as bad. Uh, uh, <laughs> change, but you know, there's change and there's change. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, the, the the world ending could 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 be classed as a change, couldn't it? Absolutely. I suppose. Yeah, and and I think you know, the, saying the world ends, and I, I did see that movie 2012 when it came out. Um, yeah, I, I've not I seen hope it. that we won't be seeing anything like that. But you know, we talk about Good. change, and and the world ending could mean. The, like I, as I said, a, a more of a, a shift in vibration. And, right. and there are definitely things that as we move into this higher vibration that will help make this move a little less painful, so to speak. Wow. You know, yeah. so they'll talk yeah. about things too, especially Dolores will talk about things, uh, you know, the importance of letting go of negative karma and fear. And this, the concept yeah. of negative karma is kind of like, you know, when we do something bad and we have to repay it and we, and we talk about karma that way. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's I'm stuff that needs to be repaid. And, and we want to be able to let go of that and also forgive others and ourselves. Because, you know, as we all know, it takes two to create any situation. Of course it does. Yeah. But I, 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 I just find this fascinating that, you know, you, you have someone who deals with, has written like 15 books on past life regression. And, and you have this uh, well-known medium who, now, th- that's another thing, where, th- where they channel these extra be- terrestrial beings and stuff. I, I, I don't understand that at all. I'm, I, I, I really have problems with, with that, and, and people channel angels and, and, and you know, God de- deities and stuff. I, 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 they get messages. Is, is that how it works? Carol? Um. Get messages. Well, yes, I would say get messages. They're they're conveying messages from these higher beings, uh, whether it's from the angelic realm or from other higher level spiritual entities. You know, a lot of what I've read about Tabash's um, message and Blair has been channeled him channeling Tabash publicly since 1991. So he's been working with him for for quite some time, almost wow. 20 years, I guess now. Mm. But a lot of what his message is is about forgiveness, um, about taking responsibility, and you know, releasing yourself from the energy of a time and situations that have weighed weighed you down, and uh, you know, which by releasing that actually helps you lighten up. You know what I mean? Makes sense. It, it's Just a bit. Yeah. But I mean, these people evidently are kind of like. Chosen. I mean, it's not like everybody gets messages from Tabash or or, or Saint Michael or or uh, you know some Diana, the deity or whatever. I mean, they must be chosen, almost like uh, uh, certain. Uh, oh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, almost like certain priests are, are chosen uh, to to convey these messages. Is that how it works? I think there's, pro- there's definitely some sort of a synchronicity between the entity and the, uh, the person doing the channeling. It's kind of like if you go to see a medium to get a message from a, a dearly departed one- loved one. Uh-huh. Um, you know, one, one dearly departed loved one may come through one medium, whereas a totally different relative might come through a different medium. I think it has to do more with the synchronicity between them. Oh, okay. And the energetic so it's the vibrations, level. then? Yes. 
frequencies and radio channels almost and sort of tuning into the you know so some radios can only pick up uh i don't know sort of uh fm and others can only pick up what was it am and that sort of stuff i presume depends on the person on that's their brain I, or yeah that's that's been my experience and kind of how i look at it mm. tell me this tell me this i'm very interested what you said about the mayans knowing about it all those years ago i mean but obviously, we, we we know they were an extremely intelligent people. Uh, but what 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 were they what were they actually saying? You know about 2012, and and how do, how on earth did they know? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure I have a a really complete answer to that. But I I think mm. you know we can look over time and see different cultures historically that have been very advanced and then uh, either disappeared um, yeah. or for whatever reason, um, fell out of power. And, mm. you know, I, I think the Mayans had, were very evolved, just my opinion, were, you know, very evolved um, spiritually and dimensionally and yes. were able to somehow predict or have a vision yep. of, what, of this great change happening around 2012. And I, I don't think we're going to see it happen January 1st, 2012. It's, you know, it's a great, mm. my, my personal opinion is that it, it's a process. Yeah, it will evolve over uh, yes. from, from, from 2012 onwards or something yes. like that. Right. But, mm. you know, if somebody wanted to go to this event, and, and I, I find it interesting uh, because it's such a great combination, and where could they get tickets and so forth? Well, well we do sell them here at Circles of Wisdom. So it definitely you can buy them online through our website or you can contact contact us either by phone or in person at the store. Or you can call the number 8978-474-8010. That's correct. Yep. And our website is www.circlesofwisdom.com. Okay. And so, I mean, this has never been done as far as I know in the, in the area, correct? Uh, that's correct, and we're actually going to have uh, be hosting Blair here on Saturday and Sunday, where people will have the opportunity to get private sessions with him and get a private uh, message from Tabash as well. Okay, so I'm getting this now. Tabash has messages for all of us. I think. Or, or will has... he? If, for instance, if I show up, um, will I show up? Then he recognizes me and then has a message for me. Yes, recognize you, and it would have a, a a message that is specific for you. Huh, that's kind of cool. And I, I believe uh, cool. there are discount tickets available until June thirtieth, which is what tomorrow. Tomorrow. Mm. Yes. So uh, once again, you can go to the website to get that. So I, I'm going to um, actually find out some more about this and how it went, and uh, maybe some reaction from some of the people to see if we can uh, get a better feel of of this. Uh, uh, Tabash and while well, the awakening seminar be, w between these two people. Actually, what I do is I should go down there and have her transgress me, right? <laughs> well, that would be interesting. You need it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like that could happen. <laughs> but anyway, do you believe in it? Do you believe in it, Ron? Absolutely not. Really? No. Oh, it, it's God. just a romantic notion, as far as I'm concerned. Oh. It, it, I, love it. I love the whole idea of it. 
Yeah, I know. Everybody does. It, like I said, it's it's a r- romantic uh, notion. Um, you know, everybody loves the idea of it, but if you do the, the math, it doesn't add up. Uh, it, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And uh, I do believe that we're aware of certain things and certain lives of the past, but I think we're just tapping into the greater consciousness. It's, it's not really, uh, you know, we didn't live those lives. We're just... Uh, you know, when we die, we're not bodies. We're we're part of a greatest consciousness. All our energy and thing is in, in this great community, and so it's just stuff we read. I think. Anyways, that's my opinion. Tell you're in touch with it. Tell do you believe in it? I do. I have to say, I do. Okay, and and why? And and have you been transgressed? Uh, trans, whatever it is, regressed before? Yeah, I have. Um done some past life regression um, and that was very uh, very illuminating uh, okay. and uh, you know it, it's not been to the point where I could actually because ideally I would like to do a past life regression and then be able to go historically mm-hmm. to look for certain things to uh, validate it I haven't been able to do that yet but uh, it certainly was very interesting and definitely brought some a new perspective onto some long-set feelings and beliefs I've had that I could never explain. Hmm. That's interesting. Richard, have you been... Uh, no, never. I, I des- I've, I've been to one or two um, events in the past that I've, where I've seen people regress, but I have to say that on, on those events, I've never, um, never seen anything that, that will convince me uh, that it's real. But I, 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 I do... Think there is something in it. I've seen one or two TV programs where where people have actually been regressed, and then they've 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 gone back and they've. Uh, you see, the problem is that a lot of the regression that you see on TV and and, and various other places on shows and that sort of stuff, um, it, 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 they're either they're always either Napoleon or or Queen Boadicea or, or, or you know what I mean. Everyone seems to pick a famous person, which I think is absolute nonsense. Um, you know, I think that when you see someone that was a, a humble milkmaid in the 16th century or something like that, that I find more more convincing. And I have seen some stuff where they've actually people have, have given the information away, and then they've gone gone to a particular place, a graveyard or whatever, and which has been covered by grass and moss and dug on this spot, and actually uncovered a um, a grave that that has been covered up for the last hundred years, and it's actually the name of the person that was reputedly regressed. Which I find absolutely fascinating. Doesn't a medium mm. do, do the same thing? A medium will take you to a grave that blah 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 that some spirit is blah blah blah. I don't know. I, I've not experienced that sort of thing from a medium, to be honest with you. And oh, again, I, you know, you know me. I, I, I still am a bit skeptical about. I'm skeptical about a lot of hypnotists, past life regressionists, and mediums. But I do believe that there is genuinely something in it. But I think there are people that jump on the on the bandwagon um, and try and make money out of it, and some of those aren't genuine. But there is, I believe there is something in it. I really do. Carol, I, I, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you for coming on the show. And once again, this is what was the name of the event called? It's called the Awakened Seminar: Taking the Next Step into Higher Consciousness. And uh, you should come to it, Ron, because there's going to be a, some time at the end for questions and answers. Oh my God! Can you meet? you get along there, Ron? <laughs> you know what? Uh, they have my name. Uh, never mind. I won't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover, Massachusetts. That's uh, on July 10th. And the website is uh, www.circlesofwisdom.com. Or you can call for more information at 978-474-8010. That's 978-474-8010. Carol, thank you so much. Great talking with you. Always a pleasure. Nice talking to you, Carol. You too, Bye now. Bye now. Talk to you. Well, time for a break. Time for drink for me. Welcome to Toginet Radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station? Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Colicon. Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, Beyond. If anyone wants to call in, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Or you can join us live in the Tojinet or the Pararex chat room. Wow. Okay. That was good. I, I want to check it out because I, I I don't know. Just it's so strong. Oh, well, I think I have something that night, though. I, though I do. Doing ghost mm, hunts. We're doing ghost tours at the lighthouse. Right up your alley, oh. Richard. Just a minute. Oh, yes, please. Can I come? <laughs> hey, I know I before we go out to the Screaming Skulls, but I, I did want to mention something. Uh, this couple in Lawrence found this stone in their backyard in Lawrence, Massachusetts, right? Yeah. yeah. And it it's, uh, they believe it's it's got Norseman's markings on it. Right. Well, uh, the, that something know, like the, a rune stone or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it has has markings on it that, that date back to the days of the Vikings. And of course, you know, uh, there's big controversy over who discovered America first. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whether it was the Vikings or the uh, Christopher Columbus or the Chinese or whatever. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Very so, interesting. So. Uh, well, I mean, was it sort of reasonably close to the coast? 
No, the, that's the thing. They believe that they, it's near the Merrimack River, which is uh, a big river. In fact, I, I live on the, the river myself. Yeah, and yeah. They, they believe that, you know, the Vikings sailed up the river. Which is what they did everywhere, of course. You know, that was, that's how Derby, where I am here, was founded. You know, they sailed all the way up the river, uh, our little river Derwent. Same thing. So, I mean, um, gosh, it, it, that is quite... I mean, has it been authenticated by, you know, someone that it really is um, of that date? No, no. You, you know, the thing is, Richard, it, it's the old uh, skeptic thing that, you know, like in, in, in Paranormal, if a ghost came up to you and slapped you across their face, and if you were, you be, you were a non-believer or whatever you want to call it, you know, you just you just wouldn't accept it. And it's the same thing. I mean, there are other uh, indications, the Westford Night in Westford, and there's the uh, Newport Tower and the Nagansett uh, Stones. And even the one out in Michigan, and they're all like, you know, every time that they find something, they say, oh, it's fakery. You know, it was created uh, by somebody. Somebody's trying to make money on it, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, so. yeah. That's, that's the problem. You see, this is the big problem that we, we have with the whole damn paranormal world and everything else. Um, obviously, I, I mean, you need skeptics. You've got to have skeptics. There's, uh, obviously, but everything that everything that's found or it's all you know, it's, everything's got to be a fake. Everything's not real. And not, I mean, but the thing is, how do you um, how do you authenticate a piece of stone with with you know runic markings on it or something like that? I, I don't know. Can you do it? Uh, they can carbon date certain things. I, I know, for instance, the Westford Knight, which is a stone that has a large sword carved in it and also right. some other things, but it's uh, been worn so uh, so badly. And also the people who originally came there did all kinds of mixtures and stuff and put it in and destroyed any chance of, uh, uh, you know, carbon dating uh, the actual mm. etchings and stuff. So that's kind of... Terribly difficult. Yeah. So Terribly anyways, difficult. Oh, look, why don't we get on to a great topic, which I believe you know about, and, and I do a little a bit. bit, like I said, in my new book that's coming up, yeah. and that is Screaming Skulls. And, yeah. and, you know, when everybody hears Screaming Skulls, they just think of, naturally, a skull that screams. But yeah. it really isn't, is it? Not, not, not so. Far from it. I mean, that, that's sort of, uh, the, the, as you said, that's what people think of. Um, th- th- I mean, they are, number one, they are skulls. They're human skulls. Um, they seem peculiar to England. I don't know whether you've got any uh, in, in America or, or any, anybody's got knows of any anywhere else. But certainly from my research, um, I've found that, that, well, all of them, to be honest with you, that I know of are, are contained to England, not Wales, not Scotland, uh, not Ireland, but but England, and I, I can't tell you why unless it's something. But I mean, it goes right back to Celtic times, and and I mean, the first thing is that 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 people, the Celts, believed that that, that the the brain, um, the head, was the the ner- the nerve centre, the the um, the energy centre, which which I think. It, I still think it is, to be quite honest with you, um, and that the head was was something extremely special. The other thing is, of course, that what they used to do, and this is in battle, uh, exactly the same as you know when you go out hunting. You, if you shoot, people used to shoot 
a deer, for instance, then then they used to cut the head off and used to have it stuffed and mounted and and put on a shield and put on the on the wall in the house. Um, but and this, of course, we still even to this day we still do. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm exactly in my my place here, and I've got I've got a stag's head on the wall. I've got a ram's head on the wall. <laughs> I've got. Hang on, I'm just wow. looking. I've got I've got two foxes' heads, um, and a and a smallish deer's head in in my hallway here. Uh, now, and, and but of course, what happened in the good old days before we put. Oh, sort of not before. That's probably the same time. We also used to put, chop off the heads of of our enemies, uh, tie them to the saddle of of your horse, and go right back to Celtic times, probably beyond. Uh, and it was a trophy, and and they used to uh, ride back to the village with their trophies, with the the heads of their slain enemies, and of course they believed that the heads still contained energies, and basically what they did was they actually put them on the walls in the houses, either hung them over the door um, or over the windows, and they believed that that a certain part of the energies, for want of a better word, of the spirit from their dead dead enemies um, helped give them more energy. And and it's it's, it's so, so similar, you know, animals, we shoot animals, and mount their heads on the on the walls, and we did the same thing with 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 human skulls with our enemies. Right, and, and just a side note: that's why some tribes were cannibalisms because they believed they ate their enemy. Absolutely right. Deserve, yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah. then back of course here. we yeah. Yep. We also have you know shrunk in the Amazon and I think places like that. We have shrunken. They they I just still don't know how they do it, but they again chopped off the heads of their 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 enemies. I presume it was usually their enemies, and, and somehow shri- shrank them. And I don't know how they did that. I, I find that absolutely fascinating. But again, they used to wear them on belts, didn't they? I think round their round their waist, and and uh, it was a a a trophy. But B, they believed that energies came from from the brain, from the skull. Uh, and for some reason, there are I, I would think there's there's at least a dozen. Twelve at least uh, skulls that are still preserved in houses, usually houses, one or two in pubs um, in England. And the, the, the legend has it um, that if the skull is removed from the house, it screams, it causes problems, and uh, I, I've I've. I've done quite a bit of research into it and spoken to people that have actually experienced things that have happened when the skull is removed from the house. Are there uh, still screaming skulls in, in England today? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, there's one here in Derby. Really? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. In a pub, which I will, uh, in the not-too-distant future, do a live broadcast from. Um, it's a very old pub called The George. Um, and in 1992... Uh, they were digging underneath the cellar floor and found a skull, human skull, female human skull, with a with a a hole in the in the temple, and they brought it out, and it was just 
when I started, I'd opened a heritage centre in Derby and started, funnily enough, started doing ghost walks. And I told them, look, you must keep this. Don't, don't destroy it. Don't rebury it. Keep it. And it's been out ever since. It's on display. Um, but the amount of poltergeist activity that takes place in that pub, but nothing ever happened before that skull came out of the ground. And um, again, things happen. If it's removed from the pub, things happen. More things happen when it's removed, and they won't, they won't allow it to go now. It, it has to stay in the pub, because uh, bad things happen. Um, glasses blow up, um, all sorts of things. Whether it's just a superstition or whether it's not, because it genuinely... You know, I've been in there and actually seen a glass uh, blow up in the, in the bar um, when, we, when someone was holding the skull, uh, but it hadn't been removed at that time. But there are others um, all, around, all around England... That, right. that um, are, are, you know, things happen if you if you remove it from from the um, from the building. What? What, it's a, what do you, you see, What do you think is Tom, probably the most the most notorious screaming skull in England? Oh gosh, that's a very good question. Um, 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 I think um, there's one called uh, Dickio Tunstead. Um, and it's a place in Derbyshire, funnily enough, not too far from me. I've never been, actually. I've never visited yet. And um, this skull is in a farmhouse. And over the past two or three hundred years, people have tried to remove it. And every time they've removed it, their cattle have died. Um, they hear screams coming from, from outside the house. Uh, on two occasions, it was removed, and God only knows how, but actually found its way back in, and the following morning was actually sitting on the windowsill where it where it resides. Uh, I've even got a postcard. Uh, that's how famous it was. Um, in the late, sorry, early 1900s, about 1910, something like that, uh, there was, people were actually selling postcards of Dickio Tunstead's and the, the name of the farm is Tunstead Farm. And um, they believe what happened was that this chap came back from the wars in the 16th century. Uh, and when he came back, his cousin had taken the farm over, thinking that this guy was dead. And the guy came back, obviously tried to claim his farm, uh, threw the cousin out, um, went to bed that night, and his cousin came back into the building and stabbed him in his bed. And for some reason, killed him, of course, and for some reason, nobody knows why the skull is still there, still around. Um, and the funny thing is that while whilst on Most Haunted, I was doing a, 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 one of the programmes, and in a different county in Great Britain, um, there was Dickie Tunstead's bed, which was really? also reputed to be haunted. Yes, in a place called Bradford in Yorkshire. Um, and his bed was in... the would you believe, in the ghost room. So I've actually managed to tie up Dickie Tunstead's bed, uh, found it, you know, to, with the story of Dickie Tunstead's skull. And it probably one of the most famous, but there are, there are more. There's a dozen, at least a dozen. Um, there's a famous one uh, up, up north um, of a guy who was the executioner of the Earl of Derby. He chopped the Earl of Derby's head off. Uh, that was the end of that. And then when, when he died, when the executioner died, 
after he was dead, they chopped his head off. And it's still preserved in a pub called the Man of Scythe up in, uh, oh gosh, uh, northeast England. And uh, again, the pub's extremely haunted and nobody but nobody dare move the skull from from the pub. And I did a Canadian, um, Canadian TV company came over about three years ago, uh, wanted to do a, a, a story about about this skull and this is this is absolute gospel truth i i took the skull outside into the pub car park and it was a beautiful bright sunny night and all of a sudden sunny i was night. outside sorry it was, it was still sunny night? it was sunny night yeah what well, it hadn't got it wasn't dark it was about Eight o'clock at night, something oh, like that, oh, oh, in, well, in the I, summer. Okay. Sun was shining. I, I didn't know if you had that six hours of uh, sunlight like they do in uh, Alaska. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was about eight o'clock at night. We were filming. Okay. Uh, okay. And all of a sudden, there was this strange cry as if there was a child in the car park. And I, I said, this is great. This couldn't be better. You know, actually getting getting a, a cry or a scream just, just as we're filming. And they all went round to look, see where the kid was, and there was no no child. There were there were a couple of people sat drinking in the um, uh, tables outside. No child around anyway. And then I swear to you, there was the huge clap of thunder, and the the, the skies opened. Um, okay, nothing to do with it. But we can't we cannot to this day find out where the cry came from. It was it was. It wasn't a scream. It was a it was it was a, a cry which sounded like a child, but there was no child anywhere near the place. Now it's funny um, that you mentioned that, that the weather got nasty because I, in researching uh, some of the stories for the book, I found that some of the screaming skulls. That was one of the the problems yeah. is that when the skull was removed, the the house that the, it was in would be struck by lightning or, or yeah. a sudden storm would come upon it or whatever. That's right, yeah. But it, honest to God, happened to me. It really, really happened to me. And I found that, you know, yeah, okay, it was summer, uh, and it had been a hot day, and, and we get thunderstorms, yeah. But it just happened on cue, if you like, as I was outside in the um, in the pub car park with the skull. Uh, they allowed me to take it out, and, and lo and behold, we heard this crying noise. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know. You know what a sceptic I am, Ron. But uh, we we couldn't find a child anywhere in the vicinity, and then lo and behold, the, thund- the thunderclap came, and the- we had to go in. We had to go back in because it was raining so heavy. Um, so it's my my experience of um, you know. Uh, oh, I'll tell you another one, another very interesting. Uh, back to the George skull. Um, I was doing a a nothing to do with ghosts at all. Um, a a, a, war- a Viking walk of, of Derby. Uh, in, in, in the afternoon, and I'd got uh, 17 children between the age of 9 and 13, uh, and we took them down into the cellar of, of this pub where the skull was because we believed the skull to be a Viking skull that was possibly killed during the Battle of Derby in 917 when they were fighting between the Vikings and the Saxons. And I'd got a guy down in the cellar dressed as a Viking, a reenactor, oh, cool. and he was going to... He was going to tell him all these stories of you know, Viking sagas and that sort of stuff, and and he came out 
frightened him to death, came out from behind this wall. Uh, the kids all screamed and, and then realized that he was, you know, he was real. And he sat them down to tell them the, some of these Viking stories. And all of a sudden, there was the biggest crash came from upstairs in the, in the bar of the pub. The, 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 the kids screamed, I screamed, the Vikings screamed. We all, I mean, it really frightened us to death. And we went up to see what had happened. And um, there's a big mirror on the back of the, back of the pub wall where the, bit, where the, the glasses and the, um, the, 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 the bottles were. And this mirror had, had detached itself from the bar, brought all the bottles and all the glass and everything else off onto the floor and smashed itself. Oh my God. And it was totally, totally, totally secure. There was no possible way it could have happened, but it did. And, and we, we don't know whether it was the connection with this guy that dressed as a Viking down in the, down in the, in the, the, the depths of the building, or whether it was to do with the children, prepubescent children and poltergeist activity. But the skull was just sitting there grinning on the back of the bar, untouched. That so that was pretty cool. A, you know what's yeah. interesting that you mentioned. You know what's interesting you mentioned that is that um, uh, when we were writing the book, uh, Ghost Chronicles, yeah. one of the episodes was this bathroom that had a heavy, heavy mirror bolted to the wall, and it was removed by a spirit and shattered into a million pieces. Uh, you know, it's amazing. No, nobody realizes the power of the, the spirit. You're absolutely right. Yeah. No, do we, you know, we, we think, you know, when we're doing, as, as we do over here, and, all, you know, and I'm very fond of ta- table tilting and, and things. Do you not do a lot of that over there, Ron? I, I do. I introduce a lot of that. I mean, glass swirling, for instance, yeah. um, uh, we're really, really introduced that uh, in New England uh, my group has and it's very popular. I mean, I love doing it myself. I absolutely so love I. it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what's funny is is that I, I had never heard of it until uh, Haunted Devon came over here and we did an investigation at the uh, Lizzie oh, really? Gordon house. Yeah. yeah. And BC. that was the first time we saw it, but ever yeah. since I, I, when we do all our events, we always do a glass swirling thing and, and yeah. what's interesting some people will come up to me and say, you know, my grandmother used to do that years ago. You know, she's from Scotland. They used to do this all the time. And That's right. They, you know, we never thought anything of it. And, and there was, I had, last time was, it was pretty interesting. I had this gentleman who, who talked about how he, when he was young, he could move the glass without touching it. That's fascinating. Yeah. See, I've never seen that happen. I've never, ever seen, I've never seen one finger on it and it move. Never mind, no fingers on it, and it move. I I actually can say that that has happened to me. That at the uh, end at Washington Square in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, we were right. doing a ghost ghost hunt seminar, and I had a group there, and we actually moved the glass without touching it. We just put our hands around it, and that's it actually moved. Yeah, that's 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 the power of the mind, of course. You know, yeah. which I, yeah. as I've said to you before, I don't think we're that far away from. Star Wars and and use the Force, you know. To, to I think we are all capable. I genuinely think we're all capable of doing. It. But the fascinating thing is that we always think that when we're doing this table tilting business, we always think that we have to have a light table. 
No, but we need a heavy table. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, everyone tries to do it with, you know, it'll be much easier for the spirit uh, to move it um, if it's a very, very light table. And, and I was doing an event, um, oh, six months ago, in an old, um, very, 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 very old Elizabethan house uh, in the Midlands. And um, we had this huge banqueting, oak banqueting table. And there must have been... 30 of us round it. And I've never seen a table move like that in my life. And it was, I mean, it was so heavy that it would, it would have been very difficult even for the 30 of us to lift it. But this table was moving, tilting, shifting. Absolutely fascinating. And again, as I say, it doesn't have to be a light table. The spirits have the most immense power. And, and I, think I think they're using our energies as well. Well, yeah, they, they actually provide the energy for them to do this type of stuff. That's why it's uh, you have so many people around the table and everything. That's why you don't mm. see, for instance, the glass moving by itself, although we know that they can move objects. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I remember uh, the first time we did table tilting. Now, table tilting is big with the spiritualist church. Uh, Laura brought that up in the chat room. Uh, the chat right. room. Yeah, it's really big with the spiritualist church. But I remember the first uh, contact we did, which was a, a, a paranormal conference we did out in the Hooten Mansion in North Adams. And we had oh, yeah. a couple of the, the witches from Salem who were there, and we had a huge group. And they did the table tilting where it actually took off on them. They were running with the table, which was simply amazing. I mean, oh, I know, just, I know. We were in a, a big hall, and they were, like, zooming around with it. with just their, their fingertips on the top of the table. It was simply amazing. Yeah. I, only once in the whole of my life, and that was on, on the program, on Most Haunted, I was actually present when the table lifted off the floor, off all four legs. Uh, it was like a, a Harrier jump jet going up in the air. I have never seen anything so fascinating in all my life and it was in a castle called Taunton Castle uh, and there was the three of us me, Carl, Carl Beatty and, and, and Stuart Torreville uh, now the amazing thing is that I, I, I know full well that nobody, nobody was faking it, I was the guy that took the table up there myself and positioned it where I wanted to put it so there were, and it was a metal table, funnily enough. There were no magnets in the, in the roof. There was, you know what I mean? Nothing like that. Right, but right. I actually saw it. I saw it. With my, and I'm the guy that's forever looking. I, I made, um, I checked Carl's and, and Stuart's um, sleeves to make sure that they hadn't got any uh, transparent rulers. Because it's ever so easy, you know, to, to have a ruler uh, up your sleeve. And, yeah. and, and you, you can cause things to move by, you know, that sort of thing. You can fake it. And, and I checked them for that. I even checked them for super glue on my hands. Really? My fingers. Oh, yeah, because, you see, I'm a skeptic. I've, but I, I could give you no explanation other than it was done by spirit. And I've never been so excited in all my life, Ron, to see all four legs. Or see the table floating with our fingers on it. It was awesome. I think that's... It really that's... was. When you have an experience like that, I think it's, you know, it, it's, it just wants you to investigate more. It wants you to yeah. look at all areas of the paranormal. It's like, yeah. if this yeah. could happen, You're then so something right. else could happen. No, it was awesome. And, I mean, I've had you know, lots of experiences with tables um, 
moving, um, you're seeing them going around the room as if they're on wheels, like 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 you say when right. they're not. Uh, but to actually see it, you know, <laughs> all four legs off the floor. Uh, wow, that's what it. That's what this business is all about: seeing it, believing it. Uh, because you know, for me, there was no no explanation other than it was a spirit. And I was the guy that positioned it. I took it upstairs. I put it in the attic. I put it where I wanted it. You know, not underneath any magnets or anything silly, if, if, even if you could do that sort of thing. But the funny thing is, I've had be- we've, the, the results I've had, it's always seemed to have been better with a metal table. What that's to do with it, I don't know. Magnetism, electri- I don't know. But that's what, I, that's what I can say for myself. You know, table tilting with a metal table works wonders. You know, actually, uh, at the Hooten Mansion, they had these tables with copper tops on, tops on it, and oh, I yeah. thought that was yeah, yeah. fascinating. Uh, how that would affect, you know, for instance, table tilting, or even just, uh, you know, say you were doing a reading from it or something. How mm. would that be more effectual or not? You I, know, I think it could be. I get what I say. That the ones I've had, one of them was a very, very heavy pub table um, at the Black Bull in Yorkshire. And I'm talking cast iron. Terribly, terribly, terribly heavy. And it, it moved and it kept going towards me and had me almost pinned against the wall uh, because I was being, I suppose you could say, not, not disrespectful, that's the wrong word, but challenging this, this, the ghost of this vicar who'd kept his son there because, of, because he believed he was a sinner. Uh, and the table moved and moved and moved and, and, and tipped right up on two legs as if it was coming for me and pinned me against the wall. And that was a big, heavy metal table again. Mm. But cast well, iron. Cast iron. I know we run out of time, and I do ah. want to mention one thing. And, you know, I wish you were here for this, because this is going to be a blast. We're doing a uh, three-hour cruise out of mm. uh, Rye Beach. And, I mean, I know Rye Beach, out of Rye. And uh, it's three hours. Jeremy Dontremont, who you know, the lighthouse guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And myself, and that's on July 31st. And it's for three hours. We go out to... Several lighthouses. We go by the Isles' Show. We, we've got we've got a bunch of uh, uh, ghost stuff that we're going to be talking about. Uh, you know, it's right up your alley, Richard. I wish you were here because you would. I wish I was. Because I obviously did the Portsmouth one with you last year. Yeah. Um, on the boat, and and guys, I can really recommend it. You you get along there because I had a fantastic time. Really did. Well, Richard, it's time to wrap it up. Oh dear. Never mind. There's always next week. Yeah, and we'll, uh, you know, go on. I, I've actually got some neat stuff I'm working on, so we'll see. Tune in to Ghost Chronicles tomorrow when we have the Fearless Ghost Hunter on, which is going to be interesting. I thought I was. <laughs> so, have a good night. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah. Oh, actually, I messed that up, Richard. We still have a couple more minutes. <laughs> oh, we We should... We should be so lucky. Come on, then. Let's, let's. Oh my gosh! Come on. Um, what can we talk about, Ron? Come on. <laughs> Never lost for words. Your surely. website, quick, give it out. My website, Richard Felix. www.richardfelix.co.uk. Good night. See you there. Cheers. Bye bye.
from ghoulies to ghosties. Get ready for the not-so-soccer mom. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon central, on Toginad with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to 